And now, The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Hello and thanks for joining us on this Friday, March 26th, 2021, seven minutes past the hour. I'm Tom Temin. Our producers are Eric White and Peter Masurlian. Our digital editors, Amelia Brust and David Thornton. Coming up in this hour of The Federal Drive, contractors can expect an uptick in federal investigations and compliance enforcement. Plus, how data, integrating it, and analyzing it helps Customs and Border Protection keep up. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of The Federal Drive. But first, it wasn't that long ago. Defense Department technology leadership believed it was too hard to weave multiple commercial clouds into a single enterprise service offering. But the Air Force has done it in just its first year and a half. The Air Force's Cloud One project has managed to onboard five dozen systems into a cloud environment enabled by technologies from both Amazon and Microsoft. It's now hosting more than 4,000 terabytes of data, and that's growing every day. For why a multi-cloud approach is essential, Federal News Network's Jared Serbu spoke with the Air Force's Chief Software Officer, Nicholas Shalon. I think it's foundational for everything. I mean, first of all, diversity of options, not getting locked in, uh, being able to make sure that, you know, in two, three, four, five years, 10 years from now, who knows who is going to be innovating, leading. You need to have options. You need to also, um, you know, put fuel on the fire of competition. If if a company feel um, complacent because they they have pretty much a monopoly of of cloud in the department, by definition, they're going to invest less and and be innovating less around that that enclave and keep in mind because we mandate government enclaves we are already shooting ourselves in the foot by having less less diversity less uh, physical locations which puts us at risk in terms of a, a physical attack or cyber attack when it comes to uh you know a bad actor potentially going after our our cloud and so effectively when you think about it you need high availability you need diversity you need options you need competition you need to move fast. It's all the right reasons to think about a multi-cloud strategy. And that's really what DODCAU has been pushing, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the last two years. It's, it's a multi-cloud uh, vision. And that's why we have 13 cloud in DOD, which, uh, you know, Cloud One is obviously one of the more, more prominent, you know, option having that uh, uh, capability at scale, DOD scale, and not just supporting one uh, a team of the department. I, I think the army with C army is also building that uh, cloud capability as well. Um, and, and the Navy obviously is piggybacking on the investment made on, on platform one and cloud one. With, with all those initiatives kind of going on in, in parallel, I wonder how much risk there is of, of reinventing the wheel, creating duplication. And to what extent when you were building cloud one, did you think of it as an enterprise service to be consumed by non-Department of the Air Force customers? Yeah, you know, when I started in DOD, for me, it was very critical coming from the commercial side. It was pretty clear to me that, you know, we had to work as a team and, and the, the the competing nations uh, like China and Russia and North Korea, all the, the focus here and not, you know, fights between the, the Navy, the Army and the Air Force. And so effectively, I could never really understand why there were so many uh, silos in, across the department. And and look, at we're, we're a very large enterprise, probably the largest in the world. So it, it does make sense to have options. At the same time, some diversity sometimes create issues to then interconnect things. If you look at JET C2 and ABMS, effectively by having sometimes too much um, diversity, maybe uh, silos, 
Um, that creates issues in terms of integrating things together and being successful, by the way, in our mission. Because the fact is, when you, you fight a wall, you're not thinking, uh, you know, uh, about your, your assets in silos. You're just thinking of how to put them together to win those battles. And so effectively, uh, you, you're now destroying these silos and, and trying to move faster. And so at the end of the day, for, for us, what really matters is there are a few things that, you know, are so foundational, uh, particularly around cybersecurity, identity management to have a single sign-on experience for the wolf fighters so we can authenticate once and not have to type, you know, pins and passwords 20 million times a day. These kind of basic things is what define an enterprise versus, you know, a, a bunch of uh, uh, disparate uh, systems. And that's just not, you know, making our lives successful and efficient to, to win that, that wall. Just one more beat on Cloud One before we move on to how it fits into the the broader DevSecOps ecosystem. Talk, talk to us a little bit more about what's actually moved there, what's hosted there, because as you said, it is it is not just websites and business applications at this point. Yeah, we have we have dozens of business applications. Obviously, very large um, efforts. We created the first zero trust stack, the, what we call the Cloud Native Access Point, which enables access to the cloud from anywhere, including uh, obviously uh, being remote on personal devices, non-government furniture equipment. That is what has enabled uh, the department to move at the pace of relevance when it comes to COVID. Um, and despite COVID, uh, you know, we were able to continue our progression to the cloud thanks to uh, the, the CNAP. And so we have also uh, moved all of Platform One, uh, obviously on, on Cloud One, which has all of the top uh, ACAT 1, ACAT 2, uh, large DoD programs, uh, software intensive uh, from F35 to the joint AI center, Jake, to uh, uh, GBSD, to, uh, um, you know, all of the uh, bomber work, space work. So so it's really becoming um, the central place to, to build software, to uh, do rapid testing, uh, automated testing, digital engineering stack, all the 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 automation we're building to uh, do modeling and simulation so we don't have to bend metal before um, trying things out uh, digitally. Uh, all that stack is on um, Cloud One as well. So so really we're talking nuclear space, um, jets, bombers, you know, uh, the, the Navy obviously has Aegis and other programs uh, in a partnership also with Cloud One and Platform One. So it, it's becoming really the, the significant side of, of DoD uh, now moved uh, effectively to, to, to clouds. And of course, there's always going to be this embedded uh, use case because at the end of the day, the software is going to run on these weapons. So, so there, is, there is a need to have a digital twin on the cloud to emulate the entire stack. And then there is that physical system and the need to run the hardware in the loop testing on that hardware and uh, automating the push from the cloud to the on-premise environments to uh, do that automated hardware in the loop testing. If you compare with a, a SpaceX that has uh, only 200 developers for the nine platforms of SpaceX, 80% of the code is reused across the nine platforms. Effectively, they made it very modular and, and reusable Lego blocks so they can reuse a lot of the code across across platforms, and they can do 17,000 build of software a day, three hardware loop testing automated a day on the hardware, 
and, and they can change the software the day before the launch. That's where we want to be. That that's the that's the goal. That's a north star for us. Nicholas Shalon, the Air Force's chief software officer, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. There's much more to the interview. Shalon was a guest on our DoD Cloud Exchange earlier this week. To watch the full discussion and hear from other cloud experts from across DoD, visit our Cloud Exchange page at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come, how data, integrating it and analyzing it, helps Customs and Border Protection keep up. This is The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.